Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You oh. know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. All right. Sneaky Joe DiBiase here on the Nightcap. I will be your cruise ship captain tonight on the NHL Draft Lottery. Coverage here on WGR for the next hour or so, depending on a couple of things. One, how timely the Draft Lottery gets done. I think you're going to see if you're a social media guy, you're on Twitter right now. You're in how many minutes? Three, four, five minutes you're going to find people saying, start the damn lottery. That tweet's coming. They always take their time. They just got going. NBCSN, who will be bringing you the feed from when the lottery gets going. Gary Bettman. Well, not Gary Bettman. Usually it's Bill Daly. But we'll see. Bettman was involved last year. So we'll have coverage here. You'll be able to hear it live here on WGR where the Sabres will pick as the lottery progresses. We will hear from Kevin Adams, Sabres general manager, who was just shown on NBCSN, by the way. We'll hear from him following the NHL draft lottery. So stay tuned for the Sabres general manager's reaction to what happens in the next few minutes. Now, we know it's at least going to happen by 7.30. And you can just look at a TV schedule to figure that out. 7.30 tonight, Montreal at Winnipeg. Game one of the North Division Finals is coming your way in 27 minutes. So they will have to have it wrapped up for TV purposes in the next 20 to 25 minutes. So we will stay late to the break if they don't have it done by then. So you're not going to miss anything. The Sabres have the best odds to win the NHL draft lottery tonight at 16.6%. They have a 15% chance of ending up with the second overall pick. And they have a 67.4% chance to pick third. So more than two-thirds likely that the Sabres will end up 
with the third overall pick in this draft. If you have watched the lottery in the past, if you're someone who watches it year after year, you will have known that in the past, and really the past, is it six, seven years? It's been a while now that the last place team, the team with the best odds, can drop to fourth. But this season, a couple of changes go through. Next season, you'll have a couple more to the lottery. This year, one of the changes was that the last place team would only fall as far as three. The NHL would only pull for the first and the second picks. That's it. You can win the first pick. You can win the second pick this year. There is no more of teams jumping up from 14 to three. That's gone, which means the Sabres can only fall to the third overall pick. There are a couple of changes, by the way, that will be implemented starting next year that are not yet implemented here. Just to clear up any confusion out there, if the Sabres win the lottery tonight, that does not count against the new incoming rule that no NHL team can win the lottery more than twice in a five-year span. That's coming next year, where an NHL team... It's got the Oilers rule. Let's call it the Oilers rule. A team will not be able to win the lottery more than two times in a five-year period. This year will not count towards that. So, if the Sabres were to win the draft lottery next season, they still would be able to win the lottery in 2023. Hopefully, we are not still talking about this at that point. Maybe it's likely that we are still talking about these lotteries in 2023, but hopefully they have it figured out two years from now. So that's one thing. And then there's another change that is coming that is not yet this year where teams cannot jump more than 10 spots. So, for instance, the New York Rangers tonight, who have the 16th overall pick, can go all the way to one. They can jump 15 spots. Next year, the 16th overall team will not be able to get to number one. So that's another change. The lottery, they're just going through. Looks like some graphics on the TV right now. They're showing the prospects. Owen Power, defenseman from Michigan. Matthew Benier, center from Michigan. Simon Edvinson from Frolunda in the Swedish League. They are not showing, by the way, William Eklund, who is another Swedish winger or forward that is getting a lot of hype leading into this NHL draft. He's one of my favorites for the Sabres if they are picking probably at two or three. But I'm not so sure I even want the Sabres to win this lottery. And if if you know if I were in charge, or even, honestly, put someone from Sabres Twitter in charge and have them pick first overall, I'd feel a lot more confident that they're going to end up with the right player. And I believe the right player right now is Matthew Beneers, the center from Michigan. He's not overly small, six foot one, shifty, good speed, side-to-side movement, good skater, and just the skilled offensive upside of a, a talented, dynamic center is what I would want to be shooting for. In a draft where, yes, there is no elite prospect, there isn't one. He, to me, stands out as the best forward, and this is a team where you have questions about Jack Eichel and his future seems to be trending towards he's not going to be back. Sam Reinhart, same thing. I can't imagine he's signing a long-term deal with this team. You have to plan for the future right now if you're the Buffalo Sabres as though you are going forward without Eichel and Reinhart. And if you are doing that, it would be nice to know ahead of time what you're getting for Eichel and Reinhart, but you can't. Beneers is a must 
for the Sabres. Because Dylan Cousins, you know what? He did look pretty good in his rookie season. But, you know what? I'm spooked. I'm spooked by Zemgus Jurgensen. Because once upon a time, we had a first-round Sabre center who came into the NHL, scored seven goals, just like Dylan Cousins, looked really good in a two-way game, and everybody was calling the next captain. So I'm a little spooked by Zemgus Jurgensen a few years ago to just declare that Dylan Cousins can be the Sabres' first-line center of the future. He's probably going to be a top-six guy for you, but only middle status behind him. Down the middle. Without Eichel and Reinhardt in the picture, it's just... Cousins and Middlestat, and I'm sorry, that is not enough. That is not enough to revamp this organization and this team. So, Beneers would help with that. I would imagine they would try to get a guy like that down the middle in an Eichel or Reinhardt trade, but that's why I'm in on Beneers, and that's why I'm really not... I, I, I would be afraid that the Sabres would be the team tempted to take Owen Power first overall. He is the most popular... Number one prospect, ranked. Bob McKenzie's got him first. NHL Central Scouting has got him first. Mike Morial has got him first. A lot of guys have got, more than not, it seems now, Owen Power is ranked first overall. Defenseman from Michigan. And Owen Power might be a really good player. In fact, he's probably going to be a good NHL player. He's going to be in the NHL at least. But, he scares me. He scares me as a prospect. Because I have been a team that has been watching, I've been a fan that's been watching Rasmus Ristolainen play 25 minutes a night for this team for the last eight years. And in large part, he's been doing it because of the way he plays and not of not because of how effective he is. Yeah, he's big and he can skate and he's got a booming shot. But... Can he pass the puck out of his own end? Can he carry the puck out of his own end? Can he carry the puck into the offensive zone? Can he make smart, savvy plays all around the ice? Because the answer for Ristolainen in that question has been no. But why does he still get minutes? Because he's big. And because he's tough. And because he's got a booming shot. And because he can move. He's a horse. And that, to me, is what Owen Power sounds like. There are more players around the league like that, not just Rasmus Ristolainen. Seth Jones has seemingly become this player over his career in Columbus. Same thing. Big minute eater, but is he actually that good? If you want to go on the extreme end of things and how badly it could go, Zach Bogosian, once upon a time, was a third overall pick by the Atlanta Thrashers. And I was not paying much attention to the draft and Zach Bogosian in 2008. But... Given what he is as a player in the league, I have to imagine he was drafted because he was 6'4", and he could skate, and he had a booming shot. And that type of player scares me. And it's not what I want to see the Sabres end up with. And that's kind of why I'm afraid of them winning the lottery tonight. Because I think you'd be tempted. You'd be tempted to take the guy that everyone is saying is the best prospect. But is he best for your organization? And I think, I'm not a guy that's watching, you know, hours of film on these prospects. I know enough to know what these players are. And power, to me, just does not strike me as an appealing idea. And there's also the added 
Factor, by the way, quick update. They're, they're still doing interviews here. They just interviewed Ron Francis, who's the incoming general manager of the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken, by the way, are in this draft lottery. They are the third best odds at 10.3%, the same as the New Jersey Devils. The other point you could make as to why you might not want the Sabres to win the lottery tonight is who are the heavy favorites to trade for Jack Eichel? It's the Rangers and the Kings. They're the, they're the two teams that are mentioned easily the most. They have the most young assets. The Kings have the eighth best odds to get a, the first overall pick at 5.8. The Rangers have the best odds at one or the worst odds at one percent. And if you're gonna end up with one with those teams' first round picks, if you're gonna trade Eichel to the Rangers, you're probably gonna end up with their first round pick this year. Wouldn't you rather that be first overall than 16th? The Kings, same thing. If you're if you're inevitably going to trade Eichel to the Kings, and you're probably going to get their first-round pick this year, wouldn't you rather that be first than eighth? And again, there is no difference to me, really, between first and third for the Sabres, but there's a big difference between 16th and first. So just a couple of thoughts from me on the motivation that I'm going to have while watching this lottery. And it appears as though we are just about ready to get going. Bill Daly has got the cards in front of him. Catherine Tappan from NBC introducing Bill Daly uh, as we now bring you live to the 2021 NHL Draft Lottery. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, on behalf of the National Hockey League, I want to thank all the general managers uh, and team executives joining us tonight virtually, uh, which uh, wish each of your teams good luck tonight. And we'll get to it now. The 15th overall selection in the 2021 NHL Draft belongs to the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers selecting 15th overall this season. Previously, they've done so four other times, most notably in 2011 with JT Miller. And in 1991, Alex Kovalev was also selected 15th overall. Bill? The number 14 overall selection in the 2021 NHL Draft belongs to the Dallas Stars. Both times Dallas has selected the 14th pick, they have taken defensemen in 2014, Julius Honka, and in 2011, Jamie Alexiak, as Dallas will take 14 this year. Bill? The number 13 overall selection in the 2021 NHL Draft belongs to Philadelphia Flyers. The Philadelphia Flyers have never selected at the 13th overall pick. They finished this season sixth in the East Division. They will select 13 at the upcoming NHL draft. Bill? The number 12 overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft belongs to the Calgary Flames. Two other times in the history of the Calgary Flames, they have selected 12th overall, most notably 1984 when they selected Gary Roberts. Calgary will pick 12th, Bill. The number 11 overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft belongs to Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks have had three previous 11th overall picks, the most recent being in 2008 when they selected Kyle Beach at forward. The number 10 overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft belongs to the Ottawa Senators. 
The Ottawa Senators have never selected 10th overall, but they have had two recent top 10 selections who have looked very good in their career. Tim Stutzla, number three last year, and Jake Sanderson, who was number five of that 2020 draft as well. Bill? Moving to number nine, the nine, number nine overall selection, the 2021 NHL draft belongs to the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks have selected ninth overall before, three previous times, and in fact, you may recall in 2013, their captain, Bo Horvat, was selected at number nine, as was Hall of Famer Cam Neely back in 1983. Bill? The eighth overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft belongs to the Los Angeles Kings. The Los Angeles Kings have never selected in the eighth spot, but they have loaded up with first-round picks in recent years, including last year in 2020, they selected Quinton Byfield at forward. Bill? The number seven overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft belongs to the San Jose Sharks. Well, like the Kings, the Sharks have never selected seventh overall. The last Sharks selection within the top seven picks was 2003, Milan Mahalik at sixth overall. The number six overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft belongs to the Detroit Red Wings. So just to break so in Detroit real quick, nobody has jumped into the top two. So none of these teams from 7 through 15 has leaped into the top two. So it will be Buffalo, Anaheim, Seattle, New Jersey, or Columbus. The number five overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft belongs to Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets have never selected in the fifth spot. The last pick within the first five picks was Pierre-Luc Dubois, 2016. They selected him third overall. Dubois now with Winnipeg. Bill? The number four overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft belongs to the New Jersey Devils. Only one previous time have the Devils selected... So the Sabres' odds of picking in the top two now are enormous. And here we go. So the anticipation building for the top three teams as we take... Oh, they pulled the old, let's take a timeout, come back after the break. Kevin Adams, Ron Francis, is that Bob Murray for the Anaheim Ducks being shown? NBC has gone to commercial. The Sabres will pick first, second, or third. We already knew that. But their odds now of being the first or the second pick are much higher than they were at the beginning of this draft. I'd have to do some really quick math here. But, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it. Sorry, I'm not that good at math. But, all those percentage points of being able to pick first, New Jersey at 10.3, Columbus at 8.5, Detroit at 7.6, all of those are gone. All of those are gone. The Sabres, the Ducks, and the Seattle Kraken. It would have to be Ducks, Kraken, 1-2, or Kraken, Ducks, 1-2, um, for the Sabres to be picking third. You know, I didn't really want to get into it. I don't think there's a lot on the line here. But, you know, I'm, I'm heart's pumping. It's out of my chest. It's not quite... Man, I'll, I'll, let me... One memory I have of the, the 2015 lottery. I am... I am at a restaurant with a bunch of friends. The place is packed. I mean, we all knew Jack Eichel was going to be an elite player. But McDavid was going to be the best ever. 
Like, he was going to be Gretzky. And there was a lot, it felt like there was so much on the line. And man, with every card that was unveiled, I mean, it was heart pumping out of your chest. It was, it's overtime in a game seven type of feeling. At every card's turn. And I think, just, you know, that's coming back a little bit. I think it still resonates from six years ago for me. Because, again, I just went through it right before we got started here. I don't think there's almost anything on the line for the Sabres here. And I think I just made two good cases that you might rather have them pick second or third than picking first. But I, I want to see them win it, right? Because, you know what, like, it's all we win, I guess, nowadays. We only won one, I know, with Darlene. But this, is the, this has become the Buffalo Sabres playoffs, is the NHL draft lottery. And, you know, you get stories written about you, like newfound hope, not just here in Buffalo, but in the national media. You'll hear, you know, if you listen to different hockey podcasts or you listen to different hockey shows that are national, they'll start talking about, all right, what are the Sabres going to do at one? You know, well, they're going to be getting Owen Power. They're going to be getting Matthew Beneers. They're going to be getting whoever the first overall pick is. And that's going to help. You know, I saw prospect rankings from over the weekend, the Sabres were 27th in the NHL. And just being like, all right, well, they've also got the first overall pick on the way. It's like, okay, good. Like, right, that's going to help. But, again, logically, logically, I just don't know how much how much it's really going to matter. But I do. I want them to win it. I want them to win it. Um, Kevin Adams is up there right now on his uh, his camera. With uh, the other general managers, they are back from commercial break. We are going to find out momentarily. In fact, we're going to find out right now from Bill Daly. I wish each of these franchises the best of luck. Number three overall selection in the 2021 NHL Draft belongs to the Anaheim Ducks. So Seattle jumps Anaheim. So the Anaheim Ducks move from second to third. The good news is each of the last three years, the number three overall pick has jumped straight to the NHL. Two general managers remaining, watching this anxiously as we see Ron Francis and Kevin Adams awaiting to see who the number one overall pick will be. Bill. The first overall selection in the 2021 NHL draft and the winner of the 2021 draft lottery is the Buffalo Sabres. All right. <laughs> So the Seattle Kraken will pick number two. They move up from third to second. They will pick higher than the Vegas Golden Knights did in their All right. draft season. Party Buffalo time. Retains the we won the lottery. The first time since they did so themselves. Break out the streamers. This is only the third time in the last 11 Fireworks. They are first overall. I'm, I'm huffing and puffing. Can you hear it? I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what happened to me. I told myself I was not going to care about this lottery, let alone get built up for it. But again, it is just, some of it is, this team has won nothing for 10 years. They've won nothing. And just to see their, just to hear the sentence, the winner of whatever it is, the Buffalo Sabres. Sometimes we just need to hear that, man. All right, we'll take a timeout here. It's been a long 10 years, hasn't it? 
We'll hear from Kevin Adams as we progress here on the nightcap. The Sabres have won the NHL draft lottery. The Seattle Kraken will be picking second. The Anaheim Ducks drop to third. We'll hear from Kevin Adams. We'll update you on when that's happening, and we'll tell you more about what this means with the decision the Buffalo Sabres will have with the first overall pick in the NHL draft, which will occur at the end of the month of July. Stay tuned. Taking your calls. What do you want the Sabres to do? Who do you want? Time to pick a guy. That's the one thing about this draft. It's good content. It's the Sabres having a decision to make when there is no generational talent. It reminds me of 2014. Everyone kind of had a guy, right? The Sabres were second. It's a little different. But everyone had their guy. You had Reinhardt guys. You had Dreisaitl guys. You had Sam Bennett guys. Everybody pick your guy. Tell me who you want them to pick. It's early. Beneers. Power. Luke Hughes. I could make an argument for him. We'll take some calls when we come back. Hear from Kevin Adams. It's the nightcap with Joe DiBiase. The Buffalo Sabres have won the 2021 NHL Draft Lottery. All right, welcome back to the nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. The Buffalo Sabres have won the 2021 NHL Draft Lottery. They will pick first overall in the NHL Draft. They had a 16.6% chance to win it, and they did just that. The Seattle Kraken moved from 3 to 2. And the Anaheim Ducks dropped from 2 to 3. Those are the only other changes. Do you got a guy you want the Sabres to pick first overall? This makes it interesting for the next two months. For the next month, just under two months. Who do you want? Because it is now completely up to the Buffalo Sabres. Let's go to the phone lines. 803-0550. And I believe, if I'm being told right, Darren from Goldfinger is on is on the line. Darren, how you doing? Yes, sir. Hello, hello, hello. Good to be back on Buffalo Radio again. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Were you watching the lottery? I was watching the lottery, and you're right. Um, earlier, you stated that it's weird to see Buffalo win anything. It felt really strange. <laughs> it felt <laughs> right. It was almost. I, I was trying to figure out like why I got so invested in it. Why I got so into it and I think that's it it's like just it's been so rare the last 10 years especially with the hockey team you know yeah all we have is hope so that's probably the main thing that drove you to watch it hope that's all we really have is hope yeah <laughs> I hope that one of these young kids can come in and, and change the future of the team and God knows you look at the team you look at the organization you look at the depth chart and you just say you even look at the back, at the front office and go well where do, where do you start yeah it seems like it's a start over at this point, right? You're out in L.A.? Yeah. I am in Los Angeles, California, enjoying the weather, and uh, everything here is wide open, so there's concerts, there's movie theaters, bars and, and uh, restaurants. Everything's wide open. It's great. We, we are just starting to get back to that here. I know I've got a couple of concerts I'm going to in the summer. They haven't quite happened yet. Um, but, yeah, man, we're hope, we're getting back to that here as well. Are you uh... – Yeah, I'll, be back. I'll <laughs> be back there in July for my mom's 80th birthday, and I'm, maybe I'll pop in and say hi to everybody there. All right, sounds good. Hey, Darren, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. Awesome. And, I, and, and if I had a pick, I, yes. I would go between Owen Power. I mean, obviously, he's the, he's the, he's the top guy on the list, Owen Power. But I also like uh, Veneers, the center. And yep. if we're going to lose Eichel, uh, which which is probably going to happen, it would be nice to have another center behind Reinhardt and Cousins. Hey, he might come out with you in L.A. That might end up where Who he knows. Is. We'll he see. Is. 
All right. Thanks again, Darren. Cheers. Darren from Goldfinger. Darren Pfeiffer from Goldfinger. Not Mike. You know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Little intimidated when he was on the line. I saw it on the screen. Darren from Goldfinger. I'm not. That's not my genre of music. <laughs> so put yourself in my shoes. Guy from, I, I've heard of him. Buffalo, New York native. He's in a famous rock band. Like, this is where I wish Bulldog was on the air, because Bulldog could have gone probably back and forth with him for an hour, and it would have been great. I, just, I wish I had that card to, to play. Um, but glad he called in. Um, he gives his take. He's got Beneers and Power as one and two. I think that's going to be the two most popular names that you get. Although, stay, stick around. I've, I've, got, I've got a take that I think Luke Hughes... I think Luke Hughes could be could be an interesting uh, name for the Sabres to pick at one. I don't think that's likely or going to happen, but he's very intriguing to me. Uh, let's go to Mike. Mike, you are on uh, WGR. What's up, Mike? Yes. Um, why don't the Sabres trade down and get some more draft choices? They need more than one guy. You know, uh, can't well, they trade down? Mike, I think the, the my immediate counter to that would be why would somebody want to come up or how far are you going because if this is not an elite draft class you know that's my point i mean even the number ones you know probably got a 50 50 chance of being a bust so go down and get a couple choices or maybe even for one for next year maybe like a number one next year and maybe uh two or three this year now i i like that you brought up next year mike thank you for the call we'll take more calls in a second here 803-0550 on the nightcap the trade-down idea, I don't love the trade-down idea because I don't think this is a good draft. I love the idea of trading into next year's class. In fact, by the way, we're waiting on Kevin Adams. Quick update there. Kevin Adams, Sabres general manager, will meet with the media coming up, I think, relatively soon. We don't have an exact time yet, but we were told after the draft lottery. It's now after the draft lottery, so we'll, we'll keep you updated on when that's going to happen. Trading into next year. Next year has got a guy. There's a guy next year. Maybe on the same lines as McDavid and Matthews and Eichel. Maybe not quite to McDavid. I mean, there's nobody that gets that far. But, man, trading into next year is enticing because the class is just that much better. And, actually, the Reve plan... Is something I kind of want to. I want to peg. I want to peg that there's a Reve plan out there. Craig Reve on the Instigators today. I was listening to him. I was driving home from. I've got. I got a new dog. He's almost eight months old. We're doing puppy classes right now. On my way home from that this morning, I'm listening to the Instigators and Craig Reve is just. Man, he's he's hitting. He's hitting every note I wanted to hear. Next year, there's a guy, man. Like there is a guy that the Sabers. I mean, he could change the organization. And I know we heard that with Jack Eichel. But this is a rarity, I think, where that level of player comes into your organization and you don't win. This would be like getting another Eichel, almost, if not even better. Shane Wright from Kingston in the OHL. And I'll I'll let Craig describe it here. Here's the audio of what Craig Reve of the Instigators believes the Sabres should put together this offseason. Trading the 2021 Buffalo Sabres first overall pick to the Kraken for their 2022 first round pick. You're going to have the Sabres 
who I believe if you make trades with Jack and Sam and Risto, we're going to be picking next year in the top five. And I would be trading Jack to Anaheim and I would be acquiring their first round pick and Trevor Zegras. I'm going to have a Kraken that could be the first overall pick. You could have the Sabres as the first overall pick. You could have Anaheim. Those three teams could be in the top three lowest in the league next year, which gives me an extremely good percentage of getting first overall next year. That pick is a slam dunk. Shane Wright. I I mean, I'm incredibly intrigued by just the concept of that. I think a lot of those things are going to be incredibly hard to pull off. Maybe not Zegras and a first for Eichel. I think you should probably get more than that. In fact, you probably get a lot more. But, yeah, if if Seattle wanted to come to you and say, I'll trade you two this year, or I'll trade you my first next year for number one this year. And you know what? Like, the Kraken coming into the NHL with the first and the second overall picks. Like, man, that that's how you get tickets, right? That's how you sell to your fan base. We are ready to go right away. I, I could see the argument for the Seattle side of doing that. And the Sabres, if I were the Sabres, I would I couldn't get to the phone quick enough. I couldn't I couldn't file it with the league quick enough. Because it's not just Shane Wright next year. Reading a little bit more up on the 2022 class, there might be five, six guys that would be the first overall pick this year. And that's where I want to be at the top. So, you know what? Like, you might feel like it's a terrible idea to say we're not going to pick in the first round this year. We're the worst team in hockey, we have a bad prospect pool. Oh, and we're not picking first this year. We're not picking in the first round. I mean, on the surface, a team might just not do it because of how it looks. Which, by the way, should always be an awful reason to not do something. Is how it looks. But I think that's the strongest argument to not doing a trade like that. So, to... to Go back to the caller's point originally. I am 100% anti-trading down. There, I am not interested in anybody in this class that's not Matthew Beneers. The rest are the same to me. I know they're not. I know there's probably a drop-off from like 9 to 15 or something. I, I just don't care. I just don't care. If it's not Beneers, I have no interest. Almost no interest. Compared to... If you could sell your first for a first next year. So that's the only trade I would really be up for. Otherwise, you sit there at one and you pick the center. You pick Matthew Beneers. And you go forward with a center pool of Beneers, Cousins, Middlestat. And maybe you even add to that with a Quinton Byfield. Or maybe, by the way, maybe that makes you more open to dealing with the Rangers if you're going to trade Eichel. Because part of the reason the Kings have been more exciting as a trade partner is their guy's a center. Quinton Byfield is a center. But if you've already got a guy that's a center in Beneers, well, maybe I'm much more intrigued by Alexis Lafreniere. That's just what's running around in my mind right now. Let's go to Carl. Carl, you are on the nightcap. How's it going? Hey, Joe. I don't... 
I don't think Veneers is the number one center, so I don't know if you want to bank on him if we trade Eichel. But I like the idea of moving um, the number one pick along with the trade instead of moving down like you. Um, mm-hmm. Can I throw a possible trade here to get what you Go think? Go for it. Go for it. Jack and Sam to Vancouver for Pedersen and Besser plus prospect or pick. What do you think of that? I like it. They're, apparently those two guys are in the same spot that Jack and Sam are in Vancouver. What do you think? I, I like I like the idea. I don't think they're in the same spot in that they're about ready to force their way out. Uh, Besser, I think, just signed a new deal, and Pedersen's got years to go before he could ever hit the open market. He's 22 years old. Now, the trade itself, Pedersen, Besser, and pl- like something else, then I think that's about as good as you're going to do. Unless you just want to go for a mad amount of pieces. If you just want to get five pieces, picks and prospects. But if you can get Besser, who is a... Pr- I don't know a ton about Besser. I know he's a goal scorer, and I know he puts up similar statistics on the surface to Sam Reinhardt. And he's young. He's 24 years old. And there have you're right, there have been rumors in the past year that they might want to trade him. So, Patterson to me is, he comes in and he's immediately your number one center. And you can compete within a year or two with him as your number one center, I think. So, I, man, I think my answer would be yes. I think my answer would be yes. Eichel's the best player in the deal. But part of it is I'm, I'm hard-pressed to see the Sabres getting a player better than Elias Pettersson back for Jack Eichel. It's, you know, immediately. They could get a guy who becomes better than Elias Pettersson. Quinton Byfield could become better than Elias Pettersson. Lafreniere could become better. But there's no one you're trading for, I think, that, that might be realistic that's better than him. I mean, first line center in the league that's 22 years old. That's 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 hard to beat. 8030550 is the phone number. We don't know yet when we might be hearing from Kevin Adams, but it will be relatively soon. Um so, we'll take a timeout here and maybe we'll even be bringing you Kevin Adams uh on the other side. In fact, he's going to be coming up at 8:30. 8:30. So, We'll come back here, we'll take a couple more calls, and we'll roll along here on the Nightcap. Jody Biasi, the Buffalo Sabres win the 2021 NHL Draft Lottery. More next here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Jody Biasi here on WGR. The Buffalo Sabres will pick first overall in the NHL Draft after winning the lottery. I met, Man, I almost got choked up in that first segment after they won it. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened. I just, I didn't care about it at all coming in. But I think I explained it earlier best I could. Like, I just, they've won nothing for 10 years. And any win is just like, any win that actually, I guess it doesn't mean anything. That's why I can't believe I'm getting this way, but. They've won in 10 years. And just to win even a lottery, it's like such a good feeling. We are going to continue into the 8 o'clock hour because Sabres General Manager Kevin Adams will be meeting with the media at 
So we will bring that to you live here on WGR. So plenty of time for your reaction as to uh, what the Sabres should do with the first overall pick. Um, I've made a couple of points. I want to get to Luke Hughes in just a second here, but let's go back to the phone lines. I don't have a name on my screen here. Caller, what's your name? John Kenny. Yep, John, go ahead. What's what's your what's your what's your thoughts? Yeah, I just like to love, love the show by the way. Thank uh, you. I you know, I would like to talk just a second about power. Watch him a little bit at the worlds. He's uh he's doing really well at the worlds and, and you know, that's amongst men. I know it's not it's the role of the leaks are still playing. But he they, he's he's the number one defenseman and the number one pairing now. The problem with the Sabres is he's a left handed defenseman, which is the same as Rod Darlene. So are you gonna move one of them to, you know, right-handed defenseman? Are you going to move one to the off wing? Or are you going to draft a guy first overall? Or actually draft two guys first overall, and one of them's going to be playing your second pair. Well, that's the, yeah. that's the bad thing right there. I that's a You know what? It's a fair point because you're right. You would be having one of them as a second pair defenseman. Now, in my mind, two thoughts came as you were, you were speaking. One is, yeah, I don't want to touch Darlene Yoki, are you? You know, like they were so good down the stretch together, and they're both so young, and they're the best prospects you have currently in the organization that I just kind of want to let them flourish together, which would mean, right, that power would be kind of leading your second pair. And, man, how much – are you spending a first overall pick on a second pair defenseman? I, I get why that could be troublesome. My other thought, though, was I've always wondered about Darlene and which side he plays because – he came into the NHL playing as a right side defenseman. He's a left shot, but he always played on his offside until he got here, and they changed it. And I don't know, I've always wondered, maybe you want to go back to what he did in Forlunda and what he did for Team Sweden at the World Juniors. I mean, we just saw it this year. Uh, the Sabres going back taking a player and going back to what he did before he got to the Sabres kind of worked with Sam Reinhardt playing center, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, the Sabres took guys that they thought, oh, we're going to put them in a different position in the NHL. And then it's like you put them back at their natural position. It's like, oh, look, they could do it. Yeah, duh. Sam Reinhardt played center his entire life. He didn't forget how to do it. Of course he was going to be good at it when he tried it again. And Darlene, I've had that wonder, like, would he be better suited on the right side? Because, again, that's the position he played. So, you'd have multiple options. You could just keep Darlene, Yoki, Haru together if you did this pick. or And th this is probably not for this year. It'd probably be for the future. Um, or, you could just throw power and... You could just throw power and uh, Darlene together with Darlene playing in his offside. I, I mean... It sounds good on paper. I don't know if it would work, but I'd like to see it tried. Owen Power. That's an, I feel like that was a vote against Owen Power for being the Sabres' first overall pick. William Eklund, Luke Hughes. But let's actually let's take a timeout here, and we'll come back. We'll take more calls at 803-0550 on the Sabres winning the draft lottery. I want to get to Michigan commit Luke Hughes, who is... I think I saw the youngest player in this draft. He's at least the youngest player among the first-round prospects that I saw. Not even 18 years old yet. Not even in college hockey yet. But of the defensemen at the top, and this is a defense-heavy draft at the top, 
I feel like he's got the highest upside. And I'll explain why he's intriguing to me when when we come back. Here on the Nightcap, Joe DiBiase. Kevin Adams coming your way at 8.30. Sabres win the first overall pick in the draft lottery. We'll keep talking about it when we return on WGR. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. Can't really take the day south as a person. Can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The Nightcap. We're eating their food. On WGR Sports Radio 550. First overall for the second time in the last four years. Fourth time, I believe, in team history. Gilbert Perot, Pierre Turgeon, Rasmus Dahlin, and now we'll see. Could be Owen Power. Could be Matthew Beneers. Both Michigan, by the way. So... You're probably going to be watching some Michigan Wolverines hockey this year if you want to see more of the, uh, the Sabres prospect pool. Kevin Adams, Sabres general manager, by the way, to the nightcap, Joe DiBiase. Hour two, looking for your phone calls at 803-0550. What should the Sabres do with their pick? Keep it? Trade it? What player do you have in mind? I've got a couple of thoughts we'll get to in a second. Kevin Adams will be meeting with the media coming up at 830. We will bring that to you live here on WGR. Um, you do have, by the way, a hockey game going on right now, so maybe you want to sit back and listen while watching the game because Montreal is taking a 2 to nothing lead on the Winnipeg Jets. Those pesky Canadiens are up 2 to nothing after beating the Leafs. They're an underdog in this series, not a heavy underdog, plus 130 I saw at Bet Online. They are an underdog, and they just they come out firing. They're, they're, they're not quite all over Winnipeg, but uh, early 2-0 lead against the best goaltender in hockey, Connor Hellebuck. He is the best goaltender in hockey. There, To me, there is no argument about it. Maybe you could actually, you know what, let me hesitate on that. He's the best goalie in hockey to me. You could argue Andre Vasilevsky. I just wouldn't. The Sabres are picking first. What does that mean? What should they do? I don't think there was a ton on the line tonight, but... Uh, we'll, we'll really see what Kevin Adams is made of now. What his preference would have been. Because you know what? We all would have always been guessing, right? If they were second or third, they would have said the guy was number one on their board. Maybe. Maybe they wouldn't have. But now we'll actually know. In a draft where it is hard to know who the top guy is going to be. There is no elite prospect. There isn't. There could become one. And that's why Michigan commit. Luke Hughes is kind of intriguing to me because he is 17 years old. He's the youngest player of any of these prospects. All these other guys are 18. A lot of these guys, like Beneers, Kent Johnson, another center for Michigan who's a top five, top ten prospect, these guys have played a season of college hockey. But Luke Hughes, on the other hand, he hasn't. He played last year in the USHL for the U.S. National Development Program. By the way, if you're wondering, yes, Luke Hughes is the brother of Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils and Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks. Now, Luke Hughes will be playing his first college hockey season in the 2021-22 season. So... He, he almost has, you're, you're almost drafting him a year out. Very close to being a 2022 draft prospect. 
And it's a, it's a this is why it's intriguing to me and why I maybe will get to a point where he's my guy because it sounds like a boomer bust pick. A year could go by. He could play just middling hockey at Michigan, looking overwhelmed because he's got he's got a good frame, 6'2", but if he's just overwhelmed by the physicality, if the game is too fast for him, and like, yeah, he's pretty good, but he doesn't look like any, you know, first overall prospect, then it could go south quick. You could look like you you look like you messed up that pick before he even gets here. But the upside would be if Luke Hughes goes to Michigan and he dominates and he's the best defenseman in the NCAA. And then next year, at this time, he's 18 years old, coming off a season that is better than anybody else in this current draft class had. Then you might look at a redraft even a year from now and see, oh, he's the consensus number one guy. Because we didn't know what he would do in Michigan yet. That's why I didn't, that's why no one had him first. We just didn't know what he was going to do in Michigan. The player that I think of for that, and that that path, that track record, is Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr was drafted by, make sure I get this right, he was drafted by the Colorado Avalanche, yeah, fourth overall in the 2017 NHL draft. Kale McCarr, to that point, had been playing for the Brooks Bandits, of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Not even the highest level of Canadian junior hockey. Not even the WHL. He was playing the AJHL. He went fourth overall. Then, he played a season at UMass. And he was great. He was awesome. And then, boom, he showed up. Well, he played one more season after that, sorry. So he played two years at UMass. But he played great at UMass his freshman year after being drafted. Then he had an incredible sophomore season. He gets to Colorado and he is maybe the best defenseman in hockey. That trajectory, that potential, I guess could be there for Luke Hughes. The reason I don't think he's quite as likely as Makar as is he strikes me as more of a smooth skater you know, I think he he sounds like and looks like to me a better puck mover than Owen Power or Simon Edvinson, who are more the bigger body types. Hughes, to me, is not quite as dynamic as Makar. So it's not the best comparable. But in terms of the ceiling, in terms of the upside, I feel like because he's yet to play a league, a, a season in college hockey, that might might be a good idea to go all in on we're going to pick the guy that yeah, we haven't seen him yet at the NHL level or the NCAA level, but we're going to bet on that he's great. We're going to bet on that he's going to be great at Michigan and then a year from now everyone's going to be looking at us like well, I wish we had the foresight to know that Hughes was going to look like that at Michigan and look that close to being to the NHL level. Now, the other thing about that is because he is so young, he might have, he might need the most amount of uh, grooming time before he gets here. And you know what? Like, we don't have a lot of patience, do we? It's been 10 years. We've probably run out of it. Most have. I kind of want to reset the clock. It's hard to do that 
because you're on the drought. So, like, can we just get in? But I just don't think that's realistic. I don't think you are getting in almost no matter what you do. So I'm almost at a point where, like, yeah, sure, fine. Go go, take the guy that it might take three years for him to get here, but he's going to be awesome once he gets here, rather than Owen Power, who might be more NHL-ready than anybody else in this class. I don't think I want to care about NHL-ready. Do I? They're not going to be good. This, they're not going to be good next year, right? There's no way. Nah, there's not no way. It happens. Leicester City won the Premier League. <laughs> Five thousand to one odds. Sports can be crazy sometimes. But man, you just got you have no idea what that team's going to look like next year. It's probably going to be really young, and you're going to have Tage Thompson playing in an important top six role. You're going to be reliant on Casey Middlestat to continue progressing and maybe be your second-line center. You're going to be nowhere in the bottom six. You don't have an NHL goaltender currently signed? <laughs> like that's, that's a fact. They have, they have Dustin Tokarski. Sorry. They have, no disrespect to Dustin Tokarski. He actually played pretty well for the Sabres this year. But come on. That's not a guy you want to start the season with in the NHL. So... You're thin on the blue line. You have no goalie. You're incredibly young at forward. I mean, how is that team going to be a playoff team or going to be good next year? And considering Power himself even is not, he's not Aaron Ekblad. He's not considered this this Norris-level defenseman in the draft. I just, I don't see why NHL ready should matter in any way to the Sabres throughout this process. And that's why Hughes, to me, maybe almost gets the benefit of not being NHL ready for this point. So I just wanted to throw his name out there as an idea. He's ranked a little bit lower typically. In fact, the ranking that I'm looking at right now has him sixth. And then another one that I'm looking at now, this one from Tankathon, he's ranked fourth. So, again, you've seen a lot of players ranked first overall. I've seen Hughes ranked there, but it's very rare. Most guys are going to have power, and the ones that don't have power are going to have veneers. And a couple even have Eklund. William Eklund, the forward from Sweden. Smaller, skilled, 5'10". Forward. Everyone's going to pick a guy. 803-0550 is the phone number. We will hear from Kevin Adams coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll take a timeout here, and we'll take some more of your calls when we come back. Um, while we're waiting for Adams, I do have a football point that maybe I'll be able to squeeze in when we come back. So we'll do that. Um, I got some sound from today and a Bills point, and then we'll get to Kevin Adams and your calls on the lottery. Who do you want the Sabres to pick at first, or do you want them to trade out of that pick? Let me know what you think. Here on the Nightcap, Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. In a way, I guess, analogy for it is like you're driving a stick shift every day and then you drive an automatic. Which one's easier? Reps help, but what can we do, man? Like, we have a quarterback that and I can throw. We have superstars that can catch. So I would want the ball in whose hands? And I would want the guy behind us doing, doing what? Throwing it. So whatever we have to do to keep Josh protected, that's what it is. All right. How do you love, love that from Deion Dawkins? Bill's left tackle. Joe DiBiase here on the Nightcap. 
the Buffalo Sabres have won the NHL Draft Lottery. They will pick first overall in the upcoming NHL Draft. Just one football thing, though, on that Dawkins clip. I think it's been ingrained in the Bills. And they all know, like, this, this they need to run the ball better narrative has been asked to them time after time after time. It's been really for everybody. And, like, Brandon Bean's gotten the question. Sean McDermott has gotten the question. Allen has gotten the question. Now, Deion Dawkins has gotten the question. And time after time after time, I feel like you're hearing a lot of, we don't need to run the ball better. Well, not quite that frank, but I feel like that's what, I feel like that's what's being implied. That we're going to throw it, man. We're going to beat the Chiefs by throwing for 300 yards, 400 yards. We're not going to sit back and run the football every time. And that was a question to Dawkins, like, you know, it was pretty, I don't want to say soft, but it was kind of, he, he was led into it to, to make a comment about, yeah, of course we need to run the football better. We want to run the football better. We want to run to get better at everything. You know, that's what the players normally are led into. But here, Dawkins just doesn't even do it. He doesn't fall for it. He just says, no, we want to throw the football. We want to get the ball to our receivers. We want Allen to throw it. Why else did we draft him? Why did we develop him into a franchise quarterback? We're going to throw the football. And I can appreciate how the Bills and this regime have understood and have executed the passing offense. And knowing that that's what they needed to do. They needed to, they, if they're going to build this thing up, if they were going to build a contender, they needed to be able to throw the football at a level as high as anybody does it in the league. And they have built that team. And the proof is in the pudding. Last season, the AFC Championship game was between two teams that are not good at running the football. And guess what? It did not matter. You know who won the AFC Championship game? The team that was better at throwing the football. That's what matters. It does not matter what the Bills are as a running game. It just doesn't. Sure, you want to be good at it, but never, ever, ever make it a priority. And the Bills have proven this offseason that they won't make it a priority. Because actions speak louder than words, even. And what are the actions? They had a run game last year that was pretty underwhelming. And they re-upped the same exact offensive line. They brought back the same exact running backs. They brought back, of course, obviously, the same offensive coordinator. Everything is the same. If they really wanted, if they wanted to make a point to run the football better, they would have, instead of signing John Feliciano, gone and signed some monster guard to come take his place It's a better run blocker. They would have... They would have drafted Javante Williams with their 30th overall pick. They would have gone and signed Le'Veon Bell or Chris Carson. They would have went out in free agency, signed some running back. 
They would have signed a different right tackle maybe than, than Darrell Williams. No, they, they brought back the same crew. And they're just going to run it back. And they hope they're better when they run it. But you're fine if you don't. And I think the Bills understand that. And I think Deion Dawkins understands that. I think Sean McDermott understands that. And I think Brandon Bean understands that. And that's what matters most. 803-0550 is the phone number. Back to hockey. We are awaiting Sabres general manager Kevin Adams. The Sabres have won the 2021 NHL draft lottery. There is playoff hockey on right now, by the way. I believe what we are waiting for is the first intermission between Montreal and Winnipeg. The local media will be on hand, as will the national media. And I think that's why we are waiting for the first intermission. And as it stands right now, Montreal is up 3-1. to one. They just scored a fourth, but it was reversed for goaltender interference. And now Winnipeg is on the power play. One twenty-six to go in the first period. So we should be hearing from Kevin Adams in a matter of minutes. By the way, Montreal up 3-1. to one. And scoring a fourth that I think they got a little lucky. Uh, Winnipeg did that. It got called back. If Connor Hellebuck, I mean, best goaltender in, in hockey. If he's going to play like this, at all. They're not getting through Montreal. I think they will. I think Hellebuck will be fine. Uh, it's only one period. But, um, yeah, that Montreal-Winnipeg series might not even matter all that much. The Colorado Avalanche are minus 200 to reach the Stanley Cup Final. Maybe you didn't hear me right. Minus 200. They are twice as likely as not to make the finals. They've played one game in the second round. And they're playing Vegas, who's was the second best team in the NHL during the regular season. And a lot of it, I think, is this series. The Avalanche will face the winner of Winnipeg and Montreal. Now, there is reseeding, but we already know what the reseeding is going to look like because the winner of Vegas-Colorado will be the one seed and the loser of Montreal-Winnipeg will be the four seed, the lowest seed. So, Colorado, given that they won 7-1 to against Vegas in Game 1, they ran through St. Louis, and they've been the best team in hockey really all season, uh, they would make quick work of the Winnipeg Jets or the Montreal Canadiens. So the winner, really the series might just be to, you know, the reward is you get slaughtered by the Avalanche. So congratulations. Stanley Cup playoffs have been good so far. Leonard, Robin Leonard getting benched tonight, by the way. I mentioned they lost 7-1 to in Game 1. Leonard stayed in for all seven of those goals. I was sad to see that. Leonard, I was campaigning for last year. I thought it was ridiculous that Marc-Andre Fleury, in a down season, was getting starts when Leonard was playing incredible in the playoffs. And this year, Fleury, complete change. Leonard's still been good. Fleury has been, I mean, he's a Vesna candidate for a reason this season. And in the playoffs, he's been very good. They go to Leonard in game one of that Colorado series. Like, all right, he's going to get a shot here. And man, he just, just didn't have it. Did not have it that night at all. All right, 825. 8.30 is our estimated time for Kevin Adams. So we will take a timeout here to make sure that we are back in time to bring that to you in its entirety Sabres General Manager Kevin Adams coming up next here on the Nightcap on WGR. 
Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Wanted to get Kevin Adams to you in its entirety. Let's go to his conference call now with the NHL media. Uh, you're pretty, you have some good young defensemen on your team right now. So how do you look at this pick? As Is it still going to be, in your mind, you take the best guy available? Or might you try to you know, look at the forward position with the good young defensemen that you have? Yeah, I think it's critical, Paul, to a couple things. One, best player available, certainly. And also, not, the, not just about who may be the best player now. You're, you're looking to project, ultimately, who the best player becomes. So, you know, you're, you're doing both of those. So, um, you know, for us, it's, it's, we need to improve in every area. So we're certainly not going to focus on a position or of me. We're just we're looking to, uh, you know, definitely take the best player and the, the player that we project out um, to become – you know, like Ronnie Francis even said in the interview, you're looking at guys that, you know, what are they going to be like at 22, 23 years old as well? Thanks a lot, Paul. Next question comes from Mike Morreale of NHL.com. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, Kevin, congratulations. Um, so Owen Power of the University of Michigan, 6'6", 213, mobile. He's considered to be one of the top options in this draft. Have you watched him at all, Kevin, at the World Championship? I'm curious what you think of him there. And uh, is he in the running as possibly a top choice for you? Yeah, I have watched him. Um, you know, I certainly be watching a lot more of him and others here in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, obviously he's had a good year at Michigan and um, he's played some big minutes over on Team Canada um, in the world. So, um, yeah, what's exciting about this draft, I think there's a, there's a number of players um, to really watch and dig into. And I'm looking forward to those upcoming meetings with our staff and to really um, debate. And, you know, I, I said this a little bit earlier, but I, I really enjoy the amateur process. I enjoyed the draft last year. I enjoy kind of going through it and um, projecting out players and kind of challenging scouts to what they see and what they like or what they don't like. And so I'm looking forward to doing that over the, over the coming weeks. And it's nice to have number one, where, you know, you're doing that, knowing that you can take the player you ultimately land on, you know, where I remember last year, you're trying to kind of wonder what the board's going to look like and you know you're guessing to some extent uh, what who could be there at your pick thanks mike next question comes from john waro of the associated press go ahead john hey kevin john waro hey john um just given that we've had some real difficult zoom calls over this past year so congratulations on this what is it you know you don't want to be in this position but the fact that you win you know, you, you get a win after what, how difficult this season was. What, what does that feel like? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty accurately sums, sums up kind of a little bit of what I was thinking before, you know, it was a challenging season, a lot of adversity. Um, we were in the position we were in um, and you certainly don't want to be there, but that's the reality. So then what comes out of it, knowing that, you know, the odds were the, the highest that you end up three. I um, kind of understand that going in. So to have this fall our way, to, to be in this position, it's uh, oof, makes makes some of the things we went through this year, um, you know, feel, feel a little bit better about it. But uh, no, it's a huge, it's a huge opportunity for our franchise to improve. I feel like this is a really big step, um, something we needed and excited about it. Thank you, John. Next question comes from Andrew Knoll of the New York Times. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, Kevin, congratulations on the big lotto win. And I want to know what an asset like this does for your position. I mean, on one hand, 
you know, listen to the action interviews. It sounds like there's a little restlessness. Does this give you something back to take to the group and say, hey, you know, we've got big reinforcements on the way. And then on the flip side, you know, if there is something enticing, does having another building block give you a little bit more confidence to explore? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, all of the above, right? You know, you, you, there's only one team gets the number one overall pick. Um, it can change the kind of the course of your franchise. Um, you know, there's a lot of good players in this draft. So we're excited about that. We're excited to get to the point where we feel comfortable um, when that draft rolls around the name we're going to call. Um, but for sure, it's energizing to the players in the room. I'm sure if you if you asked our players, they're excited right now. It's energizing to our fan base. It's energizing just to the people that work in this organization that love this place so much. So it's it's all of the above. And uh, it's it's a big, you know, I'll say, you know, step in the right direction of where we're headed. And, um, you know, we're excited to add this this young next great uh, Buffalo Sabre player um, to our franchise. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, once again, if you want to ask a question, just click raise your hand, raise hand at the bottom of your screen. We have time for a couple more. Uh, let's go back to Mike Morreale of NHL.com. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, so so Kevin, how difficult will it be navigating this draft with, with you know, so much uncertainty on players who haven't played this season? And as a second part to that, how important do you believe it was to get get a chance to watch a lot of these players one final time at the under 18s in Dallas last month? Yeah, the, the under 18s was 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 great. You know, I was there for about a week and um, learned a lot about a lot of different players, not just at the top of the draft. Michael. I mean, you're, you know, you're looking at a lot of different players. So I think it was great for myself and our scouts. And obviously there were a ton of um, NHL personnel there. Um, you know, in terms of difficulty, I think the, the reality of the situation is every team's in the exact same boat. Um, every team is is trying to figure out certain players that maybe didn't get to play as much and where they were in a second division over in Europe. And how are you looking at them compared to what they would be like if they had played in, say, the Ontario Hockey League? You know, so it's, it's interesting. It's different. Um, but I also challenged our scouts and our organization. I think it's also an opportunity. You know, it's it's an opportunity to really um, maybe be in a position to find some players that maybe maybe in another year wouldn't have been there. So that's that's the way we're looking at it. Thanks, Mike. Uh, let's go back to Paul Hamilton. Go ahead, Paul. Sorry, Kevin, as you as your scouts look at this draft, is this a draft that still needs some development with the guys that you guys have looked at and seen, or do you see some players that maybe can contribute right away? So is it more development or are there some guys that you think contribute right away? Yeah, I'd say Paul, it's probably, I mean, honestly, it's probably both. Um, there are clearly players that can step in um, depending on your team situation. And, you know, that's, that's every team's in, you know, individual with that, but um, one thing for us, you know, whether we have the first pick, second pick or third pick is, is we're, we're not going to put a player in a position we don't feel, um, is best for their development. So whether that means on our team, um, or wherever, somewhere else, that's okay. We're not going to rush a player and, um, we're certainly not going to pick a player. We think that has the best chance to play right away. We want the player we think is going to be the best player um, in the long run. So that's that's really a critical differential, you know, as we kind of look at this draft. 
Thank you, Paul. And we'll take uh, one last question from Michael Pakala of uh, Hockey Buzz. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, Kevin. Uh, recently, and correct, congratulations, by the way, on the, uh, the, the winning the lottery. Um, recently, Jason Carmanos came on board. How, is, uh, how do you feel your uh, scouting department is uh, heading into the draft? Well, I, I have to say uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of the way our scouts for the last year have, have worked um, diligently. Um, you know, you, there's a, it was a different year. You know, the guys uh, have a lot of viewings in um, through video and reports. And so this isn't something that's uh, caught them off guard. Um, certainly bringing in Jason with his experience, his expertise overseeing scouting departments before um, is a great ad for us. Um, you know, he and I have talked a lot in the last couple of months here about this draft in particular and um, looking forward to our upcoming scouting meetings. But um, I, I love that. I love the part. You know, I love asking questions. I love debating with our scouts. I love challenging in a, in a good way, in a healthy way, all with the intention of how do we find the best player? And uh, that's an exciting process to go through. Thanks, Michael. Well, Kevin, thanks for taking the time tonight. Congratulations once again, uh, you know, and, and, and enjoy this uh, exciting summer coming up. Thanks, everyone. All right, there is Sabres general manager Kevin Adams. I believe we will also have Adams with the local media. So that should be coming up uh, momentarily as well. So we'll get some expanded thoughts um, from Kevin Adams, Sabres general manager, coming up in uh, in just a matter of moments. Um some interesting comments, I would say, from Adams. Interesting in that, you know, not not surprising. Nothing really unexpected. Um, the comment about it can change the course of your franchise. It's energizing to the players in the room. It's energizing to our fan base. You know, Adams is in a tough spot, right? Like he's got to say, he's got to say something. Man, I don't, I don't, I don't know how energizing it is to the fan base, though. Maybe it is on some level, but it's not like it was a Matthews draft or a McDavid draft. Doesn't that stink, by the way? I mean, that's got to sting that you won the lottery and it came this year. This was the year that it came. So that stinks a little bit. Um, he also hyperanalyzed his comments a little bit here. He was asked about Michigan defenseman Owen Power. And Power, who has been the consensus number one pick, uh, by most who do the rankings. He said he likes power as a player, you know, likes him in the world championships right now for Team Canada. He very quickly got to, very quickly got to, there are a lot of guys that are good in this draft class. So maybe just take note of that, that at least Kevin Adams does agree with the the rest of us that believe that there is no consensus in this upcoming draft. Because, I guess he could have come out and said, oh, no, own power, man, this guy. I can't believe we're going to get an opportunity to draft him. That's how, you've, that's how GMs have sounded in past drafts. Um, you did not get that here. Again, that was not unexpected by any means. Um, but just throwing that out there is another comment that Kevin Adams made. He will make more comments. He will have an expanded Zoom call with the Buffalo media coming up in about five minutes. So let's take a quick timeout here so we can get all our breaks in before Adams comes to the podium uh, to meet with the media at 845. So stay tuned. More of Kevin Adams after this here on WGR. 
Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Let's continue on with Kevin Adams now meeting with the Buffalo media after the Sabres win the first overall pick in the NHL draft. For Jack Eichel, what are the next steps in terms of his recovery or treatment? Yep. Um, you you uh, hit the nail on the head. I think we're right in that 12-week mark that I laid out the last time we spoke. Um, so it'll be... For me, a lot of information gathering over the next uh, few days, um, speaking with our doctors, speaking with uh, Jack's camp, and just kind of where we go from here. Um, so not don't really have an update, but it's going to be coming here um, in terms of information that I get um, in the coming days. You know, I think it is important just to, to mention our, you know, our doctors and um, their expertise, you know, they're just still not comfortable with any type of uh, surgery that's never been done on a hockey player before. So that's kind of what I said before, and that hasn't changed. Hey there, Kevin. I wanted to go into deeper with something you mentioned on the national call on the number one pick. Tell me a little bit about the process of debate, how much that's going to be a real uh, challenge and flashpoint and an interest level for you with your whole organization, because this is not a consensus pick by any stretch of the imagination. How important is that going to be for you as an organization to have that debate and really kind of go at each other to get this pick selected? Yeah, Mike, I got to congratulate you. are doing two jobs tonight. You got the Blue Jays game. I can hear the crack of the bat in the background, I think. It's good. Um, no, you know what? It's, uh, it, it's a great question, and it's, to me, a really critical part of any decision um, you make, to be honest, not just this big, you know, number one overall pick decision, but I, I think it's really important to have debate, um, understand different um, thoughts from different people. And, and what I mean by debate is, is healthy questioning of each other and um, not being afraid to be able to back up um, opinions, you know, that scouts have for reasons and then to challenge them on that. And then they push back. I think that's really a good thing, Mike. So um you're right. You know, there's a, there's a number of players at the top of this draft to to work our way through. And, and I'm looking forward to that process. You know, I said earlier on the, the national call that I really enjoyed the amateur process last year. I really enjoyed going through that, um, you know, kind of learning about the different players and projecting. And, and, you know, you guys know these are 18 year olds. You're, you're not just looking at next year. You're projecting. Um, what you think they can turn into three, four or five years down the road. And that's <laughs> that's a certainly a challenging part of this job. Kevin, I did hear it's Adam Benini. How are you? Yeah. Hey, Adam. Um, I did hear you on the national call, and I'm assuming you'll address the draft another way. My question is also unrelated, like Lance's coaching search. Uh, just any kind of update. I mean, there have been reports, names like Boudreaux, Tockett, um, and you're going to take your time. What To whatever degree of detail you can give us kind of where you're at in that process right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, for me right now, I'm certainly happy to confirm names if if you ask me, I'd probably prefer not to get into specifics on people, but kind of out of uh, respect for this process. And some of the people I've talked to are maybe they're coaching other teams at other levels and, you know, you don't want their names necessarily out there. So for me, it's probably just um, better to talk bigger picture about the process that we're going through. Um, like I laid out before, uh, I, I really think it's important to talk to a lot of different people, um, which we have done. Myself and Jason Carmanos have 
have kind of uh, met met with people from NHL experience background, American Hockey League. We've talked to college coaches. We've talked to people with European backgrounds, um, and we're continuing to go through that. And I think for me, I've learned from every one of those conversations. We'll work our way through a number of people like, you know, I kind of laid out before. I don't have a timeline of exactly when this will wrap up, um, but then we'll narrow it down and get a little bit further um, into the weeds and some maybe specific, you know, hockey type questions and fit and, you know, kind of go that that direction. So that's really the update real time where we're at. We have had a number of discussions with a with number of different people and more to come, but uh, I've enjoyed the process and I've learned from every one of the conversations. Hey, Kevin, uh, as you said, you're going to chat with Jack in his camp. What do you expect to hear from them? And if the rest hasn't worked, you said you don't want surgery. What do the doctors suggest should be the next step for you guys? For the yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna, it's hard for me to answer that question, John, because I, I need to speak with Jack's uh, agents and Jack himself and just kind of understand where they're at. Um, you know, I think what's what's key to focus on is like I talked about before, everybody agreed that the 12 week kind of rehab was the first step in this process. So now I don't have the information to say to you, here's where we go from here. Um, you know, Jack may have had some other thoughts over these last few weeks, but, um, so we'll see, that's the next conversation, right? Okay. Where are we at? What are the doctors saying? Where's Jack's, uh, thought process and all of this. And then, you know, then we'll go from there. Hey, Kevin, I know this is like incredibly preliminary considering you found out about an hour ago where you were going to be drafting, but I'm wondering with your early scouting that you guys have done, how immediate of an impact do you anticipate the player that you can select make? I mean, you know, with players, Jack Eichel, Rasmus Dillon, Connor McDavid, all, all those guys, like we knew they were going to play in the NHL right away. From the stuff that you guys and the research you've already done, does it seem like that's going to be the case this time around also? I think... I think that Matt, you, there's potential for that, but I, I, I just think it's so tough to say right now um, because what 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 we'll talk about internally and from our standpoint as an organization is what is best for this player and what is best for our franchise. You know, not just in the short term, but the long term. So you're balancing all that, and there's so many different things that come into play. Some of it could be physical maturity. Some of it could be um, you know, mental maturity, and you just don't want to rush someone. But I, what I can promise you is a couple things. One, um, you won't hear out of this organization any sort of information on who we're going to take. I promise you that. And the second one is we will not rush a player. If, if we think that player is absolutely ready to step into the lineup and it's best for their development and our, our team, then we'll do that. And if not, we'll have no problem, just whether it's number one, um, or someone later in the draft, we have no problem with saying, okay, let's just make sure we slow it down and do what's right. Adam, or excuse me, <laughs> Kevin, uh, the, the NBC cameras showed you, and you, I mean, you looked a little, I don't know what the word is, nervous, tense, whatever it was. You, you said, I guess, Terry Pagula uh, uh, texted you to smile. Just what were you feeling in those those moments before the lottery and how just what was you know the feeling when you know it, it came up with sabers number one yeah bill it's uh hmm. i guess the best way to answer that is uh i don't think i was as nervous as much as i was um my you know my heart was racing a little bit and intense and, and i guess the reason i probably looked like that was there was a lot going through my mind in terms of 
really we want this to somehow fall our way and I thought a lot about in those minutes um, you know what kind of adversity we faced this past year and some of the challenges we went through but I also to be honest with you in that short time frame I was I was thinking about you know Terry and Kim and you know what they've done for this organization in this city and this would be a great thing for them and I was thinking about the people that work here every day that uh, you know just love this place so much and deserve um, this franchise to be great and I was thinking about them and the work they've put in and you know I just you know it's just to me um, this was this was an exciting night um, and now we have to get it right but um, that's I guess maybe why I looked intense because <laughs> those were the things kind of running through my head there. Hey, Kevin. Sorry if I'm a little shouty. I'm at Salem Field, also just like Mike. Um, I know Mike brought up just how unpredictable and kind of how uncertain things are uh, with this draft, especially at the top. I mean, are you still expecting kind of the same volume of you know people you know hitting up your phone and people trying to move up in the draft? Some people maybe trying to move down, or do you anticipate uh, more teams are going to be trying to just kind of stay put because of just how uncertain things are with scouting and with you know where guys may have players ranked uh, on their big boards? Yeah, I think part of that would depend on, you know, every team's different when it comes to they may have a player they absolutely just they think is is the guy right and or, you know, a mix of players so you know I would assume that the, my phone's gonna be pretty busy I think what does make this draft unique in terms of the top of the draft is there are a number of players um, that could be discussed, you know, the, there's often drafts where maybe there's maybe there's two or three that are kind of at this top of the list and maybe the one is even right here and then you know there's this mix the next tier but I think in this draft there's a, there's a number of players to have discussions about and um, you know that's something I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Hey Kevin, John Warrell. Uh, sorry my, my wife is working upstairs and it's the only quiet place in the, in, in the house so um, but knowing Seeing how well your youngsters did to close the season, how much to get the number one pick and the potential assets you could get out of that, and knowing that you there's there's some players that are unhappy with being in Buffalo who are currently could be assets as well. Does this give you some clarity, um, more clarity into maybe going with a younger team? Um, you know, with, with going, I'm not talking about a major rebuild, but going younger. Yeah. I think, as I mentioned at the, at the end of the year press conference, you know, I'm sure you saw it in my, you know, expression. I was energized by the young, the young group of players at the end of the year. And they, let's call it that kind of young core um, that showed some growth. They showed some real, um, I uh, let's throw to say it, character about being a Buffalo Sabre. Um, and I think that's powerful. Um, and I, and I drew some energy from my end of the year meetings with those guys. Um, and to me, this is about putting a group of people together that really care about each other, that really truly love this organization, that love that Jersey, that love the city. And I, and I know I've said this now for a year, but there has to be a connectivity between our organization, our team that goes on the ice and our fan base. There, it just, there has to be. And so when the players feel that and want to be here and, and I think the fans feed off that too. So 
is that youth yeah that could be part of it um but it's them growing up together and then you know learning about each other at these young ages to say hey we're in this together and let's make this right and so that to me is exciting um how we put it together over the coming weeks i think there's you know there's a lot to be determined in that um but that is a key ingredient for me people that want to be here that believe in this this organization believe in what we're doing and believe in the city because i think that matters before you get to the entry draft you have the expansion draft how would you say the organization is set up for that and if your friend ron said hey we wouldn't take jeff and his salary would you approach jeff and say would you waive your no move so we can protect someone else yeah i mean we're going to have those conversations we already have had those conversations and i think ultimately there's going to be a lot of kind of let's call them different iterations of what the expansion protected list could look like because if we made a move before the for the draft then it could change that list you know so i think there's going to be a lot of that type of of conversation going on um you know the expansion to me is a it's an exciting thing for our league it's of course um we don't want to lose a player but it's part of it um you know myself i i ended up uh, i was part of the expansion draft when columbus came in and i I remember getting the phone call from the general manager in Toronto telling me I was exposed. I was disappointed yet all of a sudden I was drafted and I was part of a really cool experience. So there's a lot of excitement around that and there should be, it's great for the league. Um, but how it plays out for us, I think will be, you know, it'll, it'll go right towards the end of when we have to put the, the actual list together because a lot can change between now and then. And those type of things you brought up, um, you know, those are conversations we'll definitely have internally and then, you know, we'll go from there. Kevin, have you had any discussions with Ron? Uh, I know, you know, the Sabres wanted to keep Linus Hallmark when Vegas came in and it cost them a sixth round pick to do that. Would you be open to something like that of giving up a draft pick to maybe direct Ron in a certain direction uh, on your roster? Yeah, I think it's, it's absolutely something you have to be open to. And that was a little bit of the strategy on um, building up draft picks once where we were in the standings and we had to pivot this year. Um, you know, so do, will we do that? I don't know. Um, you certainly want to use your draft picks, but if it was the right thing for our organization, then we would potentially be interested in that. I have spoken to Ronnie many times um, and just kind of, you know, sharing, you know, asking him questions about his thoughts. He's asked me about, um, you know, where we're headed in certain ways, but haven't gotten down the road far enough yet on exactly players because still a lot could change. You know, I think he's still going through that process um, of, I mean, on their side as well. So, um, you know, I think from his standpoint, when he looks at our, when he looks at our team currently constructed, he knows there's going to be players available to him, you know, that are good hockey players. And I think that's, I think that's what he's excited about. All right, we're all set. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you everybody for your time tonight. Good evening. All right, Sabres general manager, Kevin Adams. A lot there with his meeting with the media. The Sabres are going to pick first overall in the 2021 NHL Draft. That is going to do it for me on an extended version tonight of the Nightcap. Thanks, everybody, for listening throughout the night. Thanks to everybody who called in, including including Darren Pfeiffer from Goldfinger, by the way. Like, that happened tonight on the show. Uh, so it was an interesting show. Sabres won the lottery. And, uh, yeah. So that's going to do it for me. Thanks everybody for listening. Enjoy the rest of your night. And uh, me and Brendan Keeney will be back talking, I'm sure, some Sabres and, of course, uh, plenty of other things tomorrow night on the Nightcap at 7 o'clock. 
This has been Jody Biasi on the Nightcap on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.